and welcome everybody to Geeking Poetic Podcast channel. I'm your host, Larry Roberts. Uh, this specimen of the living force over here to my right is none other than Megan Giss. And what are we here to talk about? Ahsoka episode seven. We're almost to the end, guys. Yeah. What's this one called? Um, Dreams and Madness? Yeah. I think, yep. Dreams and Madness is the name of part seven. Uh, it's been quite a ride. This was the penultimate episode. Uh, we've only got one more after this, which is hard to believe that we're already at the end of this. Seriously. And it's, boy, there's a lot to consider here. Uh, there's a lot of story yet to come with only one more episode. Now, I know we talked about it in the last episode that they did confirm there is a season two, mm-hmm. but wow. And supposedly a movie in and the works. Movies, so. yeah, in so the I works. I don't think it's all going to wrap up in a nice little bow. It's We're going to have nice little cliffhangers. Yeah, I don't know how nice it's going to be, but we are <laughs> going to have cliffhangers. I think that goes without saying. So before we get into this any further, we just want to say thank you so much to everybody that's been watching and listening to our show. All the comments, is that's been great. We mm-hmm. love the feedback, the subscribes, the likes, the shares, all that. It really means so much to us so if you could hit the like button hit the subscribe button definitely leave comments and let us know not only what you think about our show but Ahsoka Ahsoka, in general Uh, we've had some good feedback from people on things and uh, a lot of interesting stuff that we'll delve into later in terms of theories and stuff going on for the future of Ahsoka but also speaking of getting into the future and all that kind of thing we need (laughs) to warn everybody if you haven't watched the show and you're not up to speed we have spoilers full of spoilers lots of spoilers so definitely turn this off if you (laughs) have not watched the most recent episodes of ahsoka because we're going to spoil it all for you because we we have to we got to get into it right yes i'm dying to talk about it so pause it come back later once you watch it right okay everybody good all right here we go so Again, I want to just ask a question like I always do at the start. Your overall impression, what did you think of Part 7, Dreams and Madness? Um, I think I liked it overall. You liked it overall? Okay. That seemed a little uncertain. Well, I really enjoyed Thrawn. Right. Being Thrawn, which we'll talk about. Right. Um, mm, there was some things which we'll get into that I wasn't thrilled about so right well we usually do that anyway at the end of uh our recap part of the show we will get into what we deem to be the highlights and the lowlights uh well you know highlighting specific things that that we thought stood out both good and bad and then we'll wrap things up with all our theories all our theory talk (laughs) but um what i want to do is as always i want to do a recap i'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible without leaving out too much stuff because I figure most of you hopefully if you listen to us what we said earlier about spoilers you know what happened in the episode so just for the sake of things we're going to recap real quick so should I get into it yeah all right here we go so the episode starts with Hira Syndulla uh, in the middle of a courtroom on Coruscant she is at a hearing for a possible court martial based on that whole 
thing she'd pulled. I think a couple, they're not looking good. No, a couple <laughs> episodes ago where she took a squadron to go after Morgan Elsbeth uh, and try to intercept the Eye of Cyan before they went into hyperspace. Mm-hmm. So uh, that didn't go the way they had hoped. So now in this courtroom, the senators are all there. Well, most of them mm-hmm. anyway. And uh, Mon Mothma seems to be the only one who is actually on the side of Hera and her, you know, companions and stuff. Uh, there's one senator, Senator uh, Ziono, is that his name? Yeah, it's, asshole. Yeah, he's a jerk. Uh, has been since the beginning. Yeah, he has. He's being extremely negative and he's not at all seeming like he's being shady or anything like oh, that. No, I don't I don't think he's, you know, he's not trying to hide anything, right? You don't think he's a bad guy, do you? If he's not, he's just an asshole. Yeah, well, I think he's both, both personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, Mothma asks him if they can all agree that at the very least there was some kind of incident that happened on Seattos, but he dismisses Hira's report as a fairy tale, expressing extreme disbelief at any of the notions of Jedi or false Jedi and star maps and Pergil and distant galaxies. He just, he doesn't believe any of that. Now, given that none of those things that he listed are weird or unusual at all. Right? It wasn't already like established that Ezra disappeared on the Pergil? Right. I mean, with Ron, was the whole reason he's not there in the first place? What, how is this fairy tale? Right. I mean, it's one thing if he doesn't want to believe that they're alive or anything like that. that but they he's, encountered them in this instance. But the way he's acting about it, where he's like, you know, Purgle and star maps and Thrawn and blah blah, like, oh, these no are no real threats. These are these are fairy tales. I'm going fairy tales, dude. These these were things that happened in your universe, like in your lifetime. Right. Like within the last decade. Yeah. You know. So I'm not. I, I, I don't know. I think that's that's really weird. I don't know how I feel about that whole thing. But anyway, it just seems extra ludicrous to me that this guy's acting like it's just so far-fetched. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not in league with the enemy. And maybe this is just another one of those red herrings. Yes. You know, they're trying I th- to make us... I think us, it is. Uh, There's yeah. too much to wrap up still for him to be an issue right now. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, right now, I bet that he's he's on the dark side. But okay. that's, that's just my take on it. All right. Anyway, so thankfully at the last moment, none other than C-3PO, old Goldenrod himself, uh-huh. shows up at the hearing with a message from Senator Leo Organa saying that, um, no, I'm the one that approved this thing, this whole uh, mission for Hera, and so you should let Hera go. Furthermore, um, I'm a senator too, and I'm a, I'm a part of all this, and I was never notified by Senator Butthole over there that any of this was going on, so... To know that I was going against his right. votes. Or, yeah, right, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, exactly, and he real quick, you see the look on his face. Shut that his he's, dumb face up. That he's just like, yeah, I can't, I can't really say anything about it, so it causes him to back down. Hera gets let off the hook. Um, Amathma is relieved for Hera, but she knows this was all yeah. a trick, you mm-hmm. know, and everything, which Hera kind of acknowledges. She's like, well, <laughs> like you know. Eventually. She, yeah, eventually she approved my mission, you know. But Mothma's main concern is whether or not what Hera is warning them about, about Thrawn and all this stuff, whether or not this is, like, legitimate. 
and uh, Hira... We really need to be worried about this. Right, and Hira assures her that it's like, yeah, no, We, it's, we need to be prepared. Right, exactly. So, meanwhile, Ahsoka and Huyang are still traveling in the mouth of the Purgle Whale, and they're in hyperspace, and we get to see a really cool sequence of Ahsoka training, doing Jedi training, mm-hmm. along with old Anakin Skywalker training holograms that like he had, Clone War, yeah, era. from the Clone, yeah, Clone War era, and everything. We even get to hear him mention things like uh, a Ventress, which is really cool because she was one of the Night Sisters. Mm-hmm. We get to, you know, mentions uh, Count Dooku and all that. It was, it's, I love what they're doing with that. That was super cool. And didn't she actually end up fighting all those people eventually? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, that's you know. Funny. And she shows that she, yeah, and she shows that she really values these holograms that she has. And now, ever since her trip to the world between worlds and everything, she has a very different perspective now on her relationship with him. And she doesn't. He was a good master. Yeah, she says that he was a good master, which was super cool. But um, anyway, as they're doing this, they realize that the whales are slowing down and they realize they must be getting to their destination and stuff. Hu Yang's kind of freaking out because he's not certain they're going to the right place. But they find out before long that, yeah, they are indeed in the right place because the enemy have set out a whole like space minefield. Yeah, Yeah, space minefield for them with a bunch of mines that really remind me of the training remotes. Yeah, because they're like hone in on them and right, and they and go they've, got the, they've got the different lasers. They were like big giant versions of the training remotes, like Luke used in A New Hope and mm-hmm. everything. So anyway, they they have to exit the whale's mouth. They are trying to navigate through this minefield. The Purgle take off because they're they're like we're <laughs> yeah, screw he's this. like oh they're protecting us, giving us cover. <laughs> they're shielding us, and then they take off. They're like, oh, why do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they manage to get through there, mm-hmm. but then before long, Thrawn's uh, forces show up and start pursuing them. This pretty much lets Ahsoka know that yeah, we've found our uh, our yep. bad guy. We're here. in the right spot. Yeah, exactly. So they decide that the best way to maneuver this is she pulls a little Han Solo trick. <laughs> uh, just like hiding inside of an asteroid, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. That's no cave. They end up attaching themselves to some debris in of the, the, all the, the dead the whale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the ring around the planet is basically a bunch of purgle bones and yes. remains. It's and a stuff. graveyard. It's a graveyard, yeah, exactly. So they hide in there, shut everything down so that they can't be tracked. Mm-hmm. Uh, this works for a little while, but this causes Thrawn to take a little bit more of a calculated approach. And he calls in the Great Mothers and calls upon them to use their powers to pinpoint Ahsoka's location, which I, it was pretty cool and it raised some interesting questions about why they couldn't have done that at other times with things, but that- With Ezra, yeah. Yeah, who, who knows, who knows, but anyway. Um, Hu Yang says, okay, I'm gonna try to reach out and see if I can find Sabine because there's no point in us leaving this uh, you know, whale graveyard until mm-hmm. we know where we're going anyway. Right. But he can't get any readings. No. So Ahsoka decides that she is going to reach out through the force and try to reach out to Sabine because they do have a connection there. Um, 
Meanwhile, while she's doing this, Sabine and Ezra are seen on the plains of Peridia traveling along with the Nodi creatures and like a <laughs> herd, mm-hmm. the ones that we met, the little turtly guys we met in the last episode. Um, are you feeling like you're liking them a little more now? I am. They're growing on <laughs> Okay. Me. Well, we find out that uh, Ezra's basically been caught up to speed now by Sabine mm-hmm. on all the things that happened with, like, Return of the Jedi and the Emperor supposedly being dead. I like how she says supposedly because <laughs> yeah. we know where that goes. But um, the one thing that Sabine still has not done is tell him about the recent events that led her to finding him. It was a long story to get into. Oh my god. You're killing me, Sabine. It's too much. Yeah, it's ridiculous is what Just it is. Just fucking spit it out. I know, I don't get it. Why? Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that later. Save it, save it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so while they're chatting, though, Sabine feels Ahsoka reaching out to her through the Force, but the whole thing's like really confusing for her because she thinks Ahsoka's dead. Mm-hmm. So she can't understand what this is that's calling yeah, she out She feels her. like it's Ahsoka, but it, yeah, it's not making sense to her. Right. Unfortunately, Ahsoka doing that causes the Great Mothers to be able to basically intercept this disturbance in the Force and locate Ahsoka themselves. And they're able to pinpoint where she is, and so Thrawn starts an attack and eventually flushes Ahsoka out. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Ahsoka knows where Sabine That's okay. is. We yeah. know where we're going. Yeah, exactly. And so she and Huyang make a beeline towards the planet to reach Sabine and Ezra, who at this point are now encountering the Dark Jedis, none other than Balin Skull and Shin Haiti. Those two have teamed up with local bandits. We saw that at the very end of the last episode mm-hmm, they where they they found those those Japanese-looking bandits and stuff. Uh, they've teamed up together, and they're going to start attacking the Nodi herd. <laughs> now, part of the problem with that is the Nodi are a very peaceful species, <laughs> and they don't have any real weapons. They're only armed with slingshots and rocks. Which I wonder if Ezra showed him how to do anyway. Yeah, exactly. I forgot he was like Mr. Slingshot, uh-huh. wasn't he? Oh, that's a good point. Well, that's <laughs> what I said. That's what I told you in the last episode. I'm like, oh, this is totally the kind of creatures that Ezra, Ezra would, be across. would yep. hook up with. Yeah. But um, yeah, so since they're not a warring species, this leaves Sabine and Ezra to handle most of the battle themselves. Right. Sabine attempts to give Ezra his lightsaber back. Yeah, it's yours. Here, but, take it. But he doesn't want it. He no. says he doesn't need it. He's learned how to use the Force without it, because he's been without it for all these years. Mm-hmm. And so he's learned how to use the living Force as a weapon. And we get to see his new skills, uh, which are more like a form of martial arts. It's like a, more of a hand-to-hand combat style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and which is different. <laughs> uh, and Sabine, of course, sticks to using. She's got her two blasters, and then she pulls out the lightsaber. I'm eventually. a little need a little more than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, meanwhile, while this is getting ready to start, and these bandits are going to attack, uh, Balin's skull, however, announces that he is not going to be joining in the battle. He lets Shin Hadi know that it's their time to part, and she has 
certain ambitions, I think he says. It's like ambitions and drives within her that are taking her on a different path than the one he is destined to take. Mm -hmm. Um, She... (laughs) At first, she seems kind of, to me, she seems simultaneously, like, not happy about it. Right. Like, and sort of shocked. And at the same time, sort of like, oh, okay, like, now I get to be cut loose and I get to do my thing, you know, Mm -hmm. because she's so eager to attack, you know, kind of like Odysseus's son in the Odyssey, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, <laughs> like, now wait for the word, wait for, right. okay, now. Go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it reminds me, you know, again, a lot of their characters in particular are definitely derivative of Greek, Greek mythology, mythology yeah. and stuff. But he warns her that uh, being the way she is so, so quick and eager to attack and to be in battle is can be her undoing. Mm-hmm. He tries to give her a last bit of, uh, you know, sage advice and everything, but she ends up taking off. Listen. Yeah, she, yeah, she's got a lot of growing to do. We, the little we know about her, we can see that this is a character that's got a lot of growth yet ahead of her. Um, anyway, so she ends up joining the bandits in the attack on the Nodi, and we get to see some pretty cool battle scenes, I think, between her, Sabine, and Ezra. I really enjoyed like the way it was going back and forth with Sabine having the saber, mm-hmm. Ezra using the living force moves and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And yeah, I thought that yeah, was really cool. I, yeah, I thought it was enjoyable too. Um, yeah, the, just the one point where she was like, she's like wailing all over the place. But again, I think that's kind of what Balin was talking about. Yep, it's exactly. Like, Calm down. Exactly. Stop I think going at it full force because you're gonna lose. And yeah, that's exactly what she went and did. So. Yep, she did. She did exactly what he just said to her not to do, and it shows why he had to cut her loose. Yep. You know. But anyway, um, while that's going on, Hu Yang ends up dropping off, literally dropping off Ahsoka. She <laughs> like just, we don't have to. Land. Yeah, we don't have to land. I could just slide on out there. He drops her off just in time to be intercepted by Balin Skull. So <laughs> he's surprised to see her, but yeah. he he doesn't. It's not bad surprise. Yeah, he doesn't hesitate to say like, "Oh, I'm I'm you know doesn't say I'm happy to see you," but you could tell that he's sort of like happy that she survived. Right. And again, this is just more things hinting at that it's like this character. What he's out to do is not like your typical dark Jedi thing. He's not looking to kill Jedis. Well, you know, at least not in this way. We'll see. We'll see what that actually is going to amount to. But we'll get into that when we get to the theories. Um, Anyway, Ahsoka and Balin have a fairly brief duel on a hilltop before Huyang shows up just in time to start shooting lasers and causing a smoke screen and it enables Ahsoka to get away and join her friends in the battle. Um, however, Balin doesn't follow her. He, he no, it's, just, it kind of like looks up in the distance like he's he's being or feeling something. He's, yes. he's yeah, he's literally, I think, being called away to like, I have this other destiny. This is not my destiny to be part of this battle. Right. Um, so instead he goes off to whatever, whatever. that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shin Haiti ends up thinking at one point that she's got the upper hand when a couple of Thrawn's troop carriers show up mm-hmm. with a bunch of these creepy night trooper, you know, undead Things. trooper guys. <laughs> yeah, whatever they are. It's not looking really good for our heroes there, but just in time, 
Ahsoka shows up and jumps in to start handing Shin her own ass. <laughs> and it, I loved that part. That was I awesome. thought that she was great. Like, Troopers oh, go man. everywhere. It was awesome. Yeah, it, it became yes. yeah, it became really apparent that <laughs> it's like, you know, Shin, okay, maybe you can hold your own against Sabine and you know, you were putting up a fairly good fight there at times Ezra. against Ezra, but you are no match for somebody like Ahsoka Tano. Yep. Like you just you know, no, not gonna happen. Um this is then exacerbated by the fact that Admiral Thrawn has decided that he's going to withdraw all the troops. Yeah. He just, all of a sudden, he tells Morgan Elsbeth, like, uh, let's withdraw all the troops and everything. Um, yep, we distracted them long enough to get what we needed done. Right. Bring them on in. Right. Plus, he also, you know, Thrawn also is the kind of person that knows how to back things up when something unexpected happened. And this, in this case, it was the exit of Balin. Mm-hmm. Where's Balin? Yeah, he's like, okay, since he's decided to retreat from the battle, we're going to withdraw our troops, return them to base. Uh, Elsbeth is completely confused, and just like she's been doing the last couple episodes, is, you know, questioning Thrawn, like, I don't understand, I don't understand. We just reunited them. What are you doing? Right. But he explains that while it looks like they might have lost the fight, in fact, they've gained the upper hand because... By distracting the heroes long enough, they've been able to get his Star Destroyer fully loaded up with these whatever zombie troopers or whatever it is. They haven't completely made yeah. that clear just yet. And make ready for their part departure from the planet and the galaxy and head back to their proper galaxies so that they can follow the course that they want to take, which is bringing back the empire or whatever imperial rule he's heir to the empire he is the heir to the empire yeah exactly so you know once again he's showing that he's always and he even said it earlier he's one step ahead he always is he always is always that's what what makes him so amazing (laughs) begrudgingly amazing Mm -hmm. well anyway now that he's withdrawn all these forces Shin realizes that she is completely alone With Thrawn's forces are not, you know, having her back. Mm -hmm. And her master has abandoned her, essentially. And in that moment, Ahsoka offers Shin, you know, uh, a chance to surrender her weapon. And she can help her. And says, allow me to help you and everything. Because Ahsoka knows what this is like. Ahsoka's been there. Mm -hmm. She's been Shin. She's like, I know what it's like to have my master basically betray me you know and leave me and i know what it's like to have gone off on my own and i know what it's like to suddenly she definitely knows what it's like to suddenly have all the troops that she thought had her back suddenly not not yep. you know she you know they talk about somebody that lived through the the order 66 incident you know so ahsoka is wise enough to recognize this mm-hmm. and everything um but shin seems completely confused and baffled and unsettled by this and uh, before long she just turns and runs her ass away (laughs) and uh, Ahsoka lets her go Mm -hmm. which I think is important yes I think that was telling I think it's and I and I hope that Shin knows that too because Shin has to kind of be like Shin has to realize that like they could have taken me they could have captured me they could have killed me they could have done you know but they let me go Mm -hmm. so I, I, I think that's going to be an important thing in the long run. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more Shin yeah. eventually. 
So anyway, the That's three, that? yeah, the three heroes are reunited. You know, we get to see a full reunion now between Sabine, Ezra, and Ahsoka, uh, and they feel that they've at least they're happy for the moment. They've won the day. Mm. With Ezra, not only excited to see Ahsoka again, but the fact that he gets to go home. There's Famous last words. So he thinks, you know. <laughs> And we see him getting to check on his noty friends and everything. I'm sure he's going to be bummed to leave them behind. Who says they're going to be staying behind? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? We'll we'll see. But that pretty much is that one it. at least stows away. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a noty along just for just the noty. You know, yeah. <laughs> but that is it for the recap. Probably still too long, but you know. Whatever. You cut out a lot. You, I cut, you cut out as down. much as I you could. You did very good. Yeah. So what I do want to talk about now is the highlights and the lowlights. Okay. Let's get into that. All right. So first of all, with highlights, I just going in order here. Hera showing her backbone, standing up to that jerky senator it's like no i disobeyed you <laughs> yeah exactly i love the fact that she stood up for herself like that i love the fact that chopper started getting all sassy because this guy clearly shows disrespect <laughs> oh, towards God, droids he apparently hates him but chopper Oof. yeah Cho choice words yeah chopper was like <laughs> i love that and i love that carson tiva was like whoa 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 we're like he, he knew down enough. boy down <laughs> he knew enough about chopper to be like oh boy you know, like i better just calm him yep. down and i, I want mean, more chopper and again i just one thing i guess it makes sense but it's it's infuriating and i can't decide if it's just like intentionally infuriating or if it's you know maybe it's kind of bad writing i i don't know this could be both highlight and low light i guess but okay i get that they're making this senator guy you know out to be the real heel you know mm -hmm. whether he's an actual bad guy or just a jerk i think we've seen this and we saw some of this in the other shows as well we saw we saw some of this with uh some of the the attitude of the senators in Obi-Wan Kenobi and even in Mandalorian and stuff like that, but especially with this New Republic, I, I just find it a little hard to believe that they're so quickly dismissive. It hasn't been that long since the Empire was ruling, okay? It's not like, well, it was 50 years ago. It's only been not several even, yeah, years. Nine years? Something like that. that. Yeah, something like that. It's only been several years, and they've already seen enough like little uprisings and incidents like Carson Tiva brings up about what happened in season three of Mandalorian when he but was those like, are isolated incidents yeah but see but still my point is is that there's enough stuff going on I mean look at even what happened did they report they had to have reported even at the beginning of this season with Ahsoka when they went the, the to that factory. factory and found out that it was a whole bunch of people that were still loyal to the Empire and all that stuff. There's still enough of that that the idea, it's one thing to be erring on the side of being hopeful. It's even one thing to be somewhat skeptical. It's another thing to be completely dismissive and just be like, oh, that's just... That is just the most far-fetched thing I've ever heard. It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, I'm sorry. I 
I don't know. Well, doesn't that seem to be the whole trend of the whole Star Wars universe is the Senate's always been dismissive and a problem to deal with. That's why we had all these rebels. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, I mean, you go back to the prequels and stuff and it was the Senate. I mean, yeah, they've always been a mess and they've always been dismissive of important things. And yeah, I don't know. I guess it's they're just, never going to learn. They're not. And it just I know people are going to go, well, that's typical. And that's like what we deal with in real life. And I'm like, yeah, I suppose I suppose it is. But it just seems like they make it a little too obvious sometimes. It, like, it's a trope. We got to stick with it. Yeah, they like their tropes. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But anyway, um, another I think another positive highlight. I loved the mention of in the involvement of Princess Leia. Yes, I that was that awesome. I did not expect to see C three PO. No, I was at all. I was like, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool to see C three PO there. Good old Anthony arguing Daniels. with him. I was like, what do you mean my name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. mean my name. I am C three PO. Yeah, what are you I, yeah, here? and I like, yeah, I love the fact that he has just a little bit of awareness now of like, hey man, do you know who I am? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm C three PO. Like, I'm a big part of why like we all still exist. Exactly. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Another highlight that I really liked was I liked the Anakin hologram flashback thing. I love the fact that they're going to continue doing that because there was a lot of talk after the last episode where people were saying like, man, I would would love to see more of this Anakin stuff. Like this is really redeeming so much about the character and it's tying in the whole animated universe to the live action it's making it i know some people like i saw that um our friend uh our friend alexander mentioned that he was like ah you know i don't want them to keep doing all like live action stuff like i don't want them to make it seem like the animated series was not you know, important. important or like shouldn't be taken as seriously. Like it can only be taken seriously if it's live action. I get that, but I also feel like at the same time, them doing this, at least the amount that they're doing, I don't necessarily want them to redo the Clone Wars no. in live action, but I like the fact that adding these things in there, it's legitimizing it for all those people that were like oh i don't care about the animated series that's not real star wars it's like nope it is it sure is and it really is now especially where things are now Mm -hmm. so i like the way they've been using anakin here and kind of repairing a lot of the problems with that and tying everything together I, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And I really liked how, like we mentioned earlier, how Ahsoka is showing a change in herself with her attitude towards Anakin and her past. Yes. So yes. I think. She's coming to peace with it all. Exactly. I think it's great. Um, another highlight would be, for me, Ezra using the Force the way he's doing. Now, I've seen just in the last 24 hours. I've seen a lot of people online saying they did not dig it at all. Really? Yeah, I saw a lot of people that were saying, oh, man, what a bummer. I wanted to see Ezra using his lightsaber and this whole thing where he's just using his hands. Like, 
I don't know, some people felt it was hokey, some people felt like it was just a letdown or a mm. cop out. I think it made perfect sense. I mean, he's grown. He, he's grown and he's been on this other planet without a lightsaber. I mean, there probably are no kyber crystals around for him to make a new lightsaber and everything. So he had to keep training, he had to keep growing, he had to keep his connection to the Force strong. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like like his little piece that he has is all like tags from the Stormtrooper guys. Yeah. So clearly he's been battling. They have found him throughout time. Right. And he's battled them probably building up his force. Right, exactly. He's ha Yeah, because we get the impression that Thrawn has been trying to find Ezra mm -hmm. and just has not been able to track him down. And so Ezra's probably had to kick a lot of ass over the years to keep himself hidden and safe. Right. So I, I loved it. I, I, I love martial arts. I love hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff. I mean, we've seen enough lightsabers in our lifetime and we're gonna see way more lightsabers, believe me. <laughs> so I loved it. I thought it added a new element to the battle I, I'm all in on that. So I that for me was a big highlight. I got a big smile on my face when I saw the way he was. And when Shin was trying to hit him with the lightsaber and, and it, he just stopped it with his hands, and it, like, I was distorted like distorted and everything. I was like, Did you see Oh, that? that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Like I wanna see more stuff like that. I, I love the way they're expanding things now. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just the same old Star Wars. Some people want things to stay the same old Star Wars. I get that. I respect it. I just don't agree with it. <laughs> um I I'm, speaking of Ezra yeah. and Sabine, I'm enjoying seeing their camaraderie come back to basically where it was before where they're yeah. brother and sister bickering back and forth. She's like, take it. Take it's your lightsaber, take it. He's like, no, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. So I think this actor, the or the both actors that they've got playing these characters are doing a great job of bringing those characters to life. Yeah, when he told she told him that Ahsoka took her on. Yeah. He's like, what why? Yeah. <laughs> that was so Ezra. It's like that's Perfect. That was so Ezra to be really why? And he was like, Oh no, I mean like I mean cool. totally yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah, I remember you kind of doing stuff like that. Like when I right. first started too. Right, okay. cool. All yeah, right. I guess. That was yeah, that was exactly them. And it uh -huh. just felt good. Like I'm like, okay, they're doing these characters right. Yes. Um, speaking of characters, like I asked you earlier, I said about how you felt about the Nodi now, because on the last episode you were like, eh, I yeah, I can take and leave them. But this episode, they were so cute. I love them so much. <laughs> I had a feeling. They're little badasses. Yeah. Just little guys. They're like me. They're little guys that want to get in on the action and they're not afraid from a fight. They're not going to back down from it. Right. But they ain't gonna really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> not really gonna do any damage. <laughs> but they're sure gonna try. <laughs> they might throw a rock or two, right? right. And then and go hide. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I love the way Ezra was like, "Stay in there." He kept going. They go going up. Yeah. And he's like, "No, stay put. This just close the door." <laughs> Yeah. And the howler in there hiding with them. I thought that was really cute. After they were so scared of them before, now they're in there huddled together. That yeah. was adorable. I loved every second of that. Yeah. One. Yeah. I, I did think that was pretty cute that before the howler was just like wanting to like eat them and stuff. And now the howler and the Nodi guys are just like hanging out like, oh, we better hide in here. <laughs> yeah. That was that was pretty cute. So adorable. Yeah. So, I loved them in this episode. Yeah. I agree. Um, lastly, in terms of highlights I, that I want to point out, I would just say Thrawn, for me, 
was a big highlight. Now, I know he made his big debut, you know, live action debut in the last episode mm -hmm. and everything, but I feel like that didn't really do him justice. No, he really showed who Thrawn is in this episode. Yes, all his cunning and tactical skills, and I was like, oh, you, you son of a. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even see that coming. Of course, of course, you did that. Yeah, he's he's so clever in the way, and I yeah, and I like I said earlier, I love the fact that Thrawn is the guy that. It's like chess. He'll sit there and play chess. You'll you'll sit there and think like, oh man, I got him, I got him. You, you can't, you can't, you know. If you watch somebody that's really good at playing chess, sometimes you know they give up their queen, and you're going, oh, d dude, you just you just surrendered your queen. Like you're gonna you're gonna lose. And it's like, nope. He's thinking like all these steps ahead mm -hmm. of how it's like I may have lost that move, but I will win the game. Right. You know, and that's the way he does it. And he did that a lot on Rebels. There yes. was a lot of times where they were all, the, the the Empire were all like, ah, pulling their hair out. Like, oh no, we just lost this ship and we lost this battle. And oh my gosh. And Thrawn was just like, no, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's all right because that happened, but we gained we're this. We're going to win the war. And so, yeah, exactly. They won the battle. We'll win the war. Mm -hmm. You know, And that happens a lot in the books that I'm reading. He's constantly having to go explain himself yep. Yep. <laughs> to the counselor or whatever because they're like, dude, how could you possibly have let this happen? And he's right. like, trust me, it will all work out. And it does. And it always does. You yeah. should freaking listen to him. He's a genius. <laughs> yeah. So I really like that we're getting to see real Thrawn here now. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. I I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce off of this right into the low lights, okay? Okay. And I wanna bring up something speaking of that. So on the opposite end, a character that I, I guess it makes sense, but I'm kinda bummed that they're doing this uh, with her is Morgan Elsbeth. Right? Like, Morgan Elsbeth came off to me initially like she was just really badass. She right? was, she was dark the and, badass, kick ass woman. And they've kind of made her now seem like how so many of those other Imperial officers were around Thrawn. They make her seem kind of sheepish and like she just has no. No, she has no tactical skills whatsoever. I, I brought it up in the last episode when I said and like how she just seemed like like even shocked that like Thrawn would be, you know, taken aback that she had hired two Jedi's to uh, be her mercenaries. Oh, well, these are just mercenaries. And he's like, no, they're uh, Jedi's. Yeah. That's General Balin's skull. Like, <laughs> do you not do any research on the people you hire here? Lady, come just on. Take them at their word. Right. And and just, you know, and just everything. And then, like, <laughs> any kind of, like, badassed, like, you know, empoweredness she had before has just been kind of, like, knocked down yeah. into the dirt because he's like, oh, well. Yeah. So, uh, so first off, he starts off in this episode being like, well, so, okay. I thought you killed us. I thought you said Ahsoka was dead. Um, <laughs> She's here. Yep. And, uh, oh, I thought you said that Balin Skull was, like, totally in your employ and was, like, going to be faithful and do all this stuff while he just left. Yep. And everything, like, just over and over, she's just showing herself. And even just the way they have her reacting. And I'm not... I'm not putting out, putting down Diana for her oh, acting. No, I think no, she's, she's acting awesome, great, but, I, but it's I just like the way they they're the character, the way they're writing it. It I just wanted to be a badass again. She just seems kind of like lost. I don't know. Like she doesn't, like she doesn't seem stronger. I feel like she should be 
stronger, you know? You think of, I can't think of her name now, but the one character, that one uh, Imperial character, the, the female one in Rebels. Yes. And how she, uh, was, she was awful, but she... Uh, and she was, but she was just so, even, even when she was down and out, she just was like, you know, she stood her ground and she was just iron fisted and... She she died that way. Remember, she mm-hmm. basically was like, "I'm just gonna, you know what? I'll I'd rather die, you know, than than <laughs> gonna cower. die on this hill, than right? I, yeah, than cower." And I kind of thought maybe Diana's uh, portrayal would, because of the way she is, would exemplify that more. But they're writing her in a different direction, and I'm really hoping maybe they're going to reverse that. Like maybe she will step up. I thought maybe we'd get to see her be more of a night sister. Right. Instead of just kind of standing around taking listening to what Thrawn has to say. I was like, I want to see her do the witchy stuff. Right, exactly. That's Go even, fuck shit up. Right. That's even more to the point is like we've got like the great mothers. And it was like, oh okay, great, she's gonna join with them and be and she's not. She's just still just kind of there. They're just kinda of have her play like being there. I'm and that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm really hopeful that maybe they've got some plans there for that and something will change. Um, another character that speaking of the way they're writing a character on the show and everybody that's been watching and listening to us talk is gonna know who I'm gonna talk about. It's Sabine. <laughs> Like, wh- why? Why? Guys? Why are they playing her so aloof? Like, yeah, just like so overly naive and so so. Like, I mean, the I. Why do you keep holding information back, Samine? Why? Other than because it furthers the stupid tropes on that they have they write for these shows. <laughs> like, why? Why hold that information back? What would be the reason for her to not tell? Ezra more, especially knowing that information is power. You know, I I, I don't I don't understand. Because yeah, to her now, I may okay. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because she knows they're basically stranded there. They're together now. What is the other stuff even matter? Because she thinks Ahsoka's dead. Yeah, maybe. So maybe she's just like ready to just let it all go and just be in the moment be there this is this is their new life i guess but then like what was the point then what was even the point of her going there to find ezra just to be like oh i just found to find ezra. ezra just to be with him it's all she wanted i guess but that seems weird to me and especially weird if there's no not that there has to be but i could even understand if it was a thing where it's like because i'm in love with him stupid you know but she's not they're they're not playing that angle at all they're supposed to be more like like adopted brother's sister kind of but thing or something. But that's all the family that she has. I suppose. It's made it clear. That's okay. literally all she has left. Well, then I guess my point is maybe they should make that more clearly stated. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they should make that more clearly stated. Maybe that should be something that she says where it's like, you know, I needed to do this because he's the, I feel like he's the only family I have left and everything. And I, I think that Playing devil's advocate, and I, I hopefully I'm right. I think that the reason they wrote her to be so um, unwilling to open up and talk about things is that I think she feels ashamed. I think she feels ashamed that she's like, I basically, I, I kind of got Ahsoka killed, and then I went totally against her. Yeah, I screwed the entire universe. Wishes, and I sort of screwed the entire universe by 
going and doing what I did. I sort of, she feels that she sort of sold out to Thrawn and them mm-hmm. by doing that just so she could be yeah, with he's like, Ezra. How did you do that? She's like, it's a long story. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's again, that just seems so juvenile to me. And that's even one of the things that maybe I could have seen older, or I should say younger, younger. Sabine doing. But at this point, shouldn't she be a little bit more further along as a as a person? I, I don't know. It, it, that that's just. I keep hoping because it's a great character and the show's great overall so far. I keep hoping that they'll remedy that. There's so many of these things. They're things that could be remedied with just a little teeny bit of dialogue, <laughs> just a little bit of dialogue, cleverly written and placed at the right time that sort of helps, like clear Explain that up. It. Right. Yeah. So that it just is like, okay, well, I get it now. Well, maybe that's what they tried to do in the last episode when she was like, I, "Can we just enjoy this?" Yeah, I, that felt weak to me. <laughs> when I when they put it across the way they did then, and then especially in this episode, it feels like it feels to me like the writers are going, "Well, we can't have her explain things because then that would change where we want it to go." You know, with this typical fucking trope you know what I mean so we're just gonna have her be like I don't want to talk about it it's like oh come on don't do that to her <laughs> like not there's tweens anymore th- here. right exactly she's not a tween you know she's not a, she's not a 16 year old you know angsty Mandalorian girl anymore you know come on like she should be beyond that and I just again it's it's not a fault of the the overall character it's not a, certainly not a fault of the actors it's a fault in in my opinion of the writers who choose to do these cliched tropes with their writing where I'm like you could do this in a different even if it's her even if her whole thing is like I don't really want to talk about it or I'm ashamed to talk about it there's ways they could write it where she does that without spilling the beans you know what I mean mm-hmm. where she could kind of explain a little more and show a little bit more frustration instead of her just kind of like looking off to the distance being like I don't want to talk about it it's like oh come <laughs> on that's the best you got really so anyway that but that's just yeah anyway that's just my <laughs> thing um and then we already talked about I uh, the, the low lights is I, I don't need I guess to really go on about it but with Senator what's his name you know mm-hmm. Senator Butthole you know <laughs> I think I really hope that I wouldn't say this is a low light because we haven't seen it yet but I really hope that it isn't just a red herring I really hope that there is some they're going to out him at some point yeah that there is some reason why he is being so defiant and such a jerk about everything I hope that it's not just like another like oh misdirection it's like oh come on you've done enough of that sort of thing in the past like I've had enough of Disney Plus's misdirection on (laughs) characters like that um so we'll see but anyway uh we're running out of time let's get into theories so the main theory that's been like going around mm-hmm. involves um, some information that's gotten out there. Somebody went back and found a scene from a past episode where they zeroed in on Balin Skull's, it's like his wristband thing, right? right? Mm-hmm. And written in another language on there on, one, on a 
space Star Wars language on there that people can actually translate, which is mind blowing. But yeah. then again, there's <laughs> That's people beyond us. Well, then there's people out there that know how to speak fluent Klingon. So yeah, you know, it doesn't surprise me. We're all we're all geeks, right? <laughs> but anyway, when they translated it, they found out that it was the names of like. Luke Skywalker and Leia and Han and Chewie Chewie and Ben Kenobi and all that stuff. Now, there's a lot of people that are going, well, they might have just threw that in there as like a fun little Easter egg. Mm -hmm. Or could it be something to do with what his mission is? To go back and fix the weak Jedi. It could be. In his mind. Or to change people. Maybe Maybe he views what happened with all these characters because we talked about it before but I I do think that there's a chance that he wants to go to the world between worlds and he wants to go back and change history Mm -hmm. right wrongs his perceived wrongs Mm -hmm. yeah he wants to go back and change history to uh to bring what he probably deems to be a proper balance to the force correct and everything so uh, that's interesting and we i really hope we'd get more answers in this episode but we really didn't oh they are keeping tight-lipped on his whole agenda <laughs> yeah. here and who yeah. he's beckoning him and yeah like they better give us something next episode or we're gonna riot oh yeah yeah they really i i know it's gonna be a cliffhanger but boy i hope it's not too much of a cliffhanger because that's just gonna be oh uh, that's just going to be grating. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing is just thinking of our theories and just talking about what what do you think the future holds for Shin Haiti? Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of her in the future, mm-hmm. whether it be the movie or the new Ahsoka, second season of Ahsoka, or even Mandalorian is coming out too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. I think it was like you said, Ahsoka. It was a little bit of a tale that maybe she will turn to the white side. I don't know. With her. Eventually down the line, because she wears all white. She rides a freaking white howler thing. Yeah. Everything seems to point to white for her. Well, maybe. She got white hair. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I really, I can't see it yet. I know, I keep kind of vacillating between. It's like, she's the dark, (laughs) because she's so Anakin. Right. Or is she going to end up turning to the right yeah, I don't right know. Side, I don't know. Because he told her, Balin Skull told her to like go take your place with the Empire. Right. You know, basically indicating like you're going to go be a dark Jedi. You're going to go be, you know, on the side of them. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, but just like Anakin and Ezra and all of them, they've all teetered on yeah. the dark side of it. They had to face that yeah. part of it to find them. That's That's very true. That's very so true. So maybe she's, she's got to go take that place to see how awful it is. Yeah. She's like, you know what? Mm, I think I'm going to go to this side now. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. I can't make up my mind about this one. Yeah, I can't either. And lastly, on a more of, I guess, kind of a fun note and everything in terms of theories, like, do you think we're going to see more before, at least in this last episode, do you think there's a chance we're going to see more familiar faces? I hope we see Zeb. Yeah, I know. They made a comment about him training forces. What I'm hoping maybe is Thrawn makes it back. Right. And they're like, oh, shit. And they start building up their forces and we get to see Zeb for a hot second gathering his forces up. Just just a teensy little... Peek at him is all yeah, I that want. would be cool. 
That would be cool. Just it's, to close it out. It's not fair that they've given us everybody and we saw Zeb. I know we saw him in Mandalorian. But I want stuff. him again because I love Zeb. Yeah, exactly. I think they, we should at least get a little... And thing. him and Chopper bicker back and forth. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Yeah, and I mean, and there's a lot of talk too because, you know, keep in mind that another character who is very much out there you know, I mean, he's because we, we saw him in Mandalorian and he's interacted directly with Ahsoka is Luke Skywalker. This is true. So how and when and if Luke might factor into this, boy, I mean, how exciting would that be? Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine seeing Luke Skywalker interacting with the Rebels characters? Holy shit. That'd be awesome. That would be amazing. Like, I, I love the way they're crossing all of this over now. I love the way this is all tying in. I love the fact that they brought up that we have Carson Tiva there and that he brought up the events on Mandalore that happened in season three of Mandalorian. I love that it's keeping it all together, tied together so that nothing feels Irrelevant because in the past, things a lot of people viewed, even we did, you know, to a point, we felt that things like Clone Wars and Bad Batch and Rebels and other things like, oh, they're not relevant. It's all relevant. It's all going to tie together and it's not going to feel like, oh, well, Clone Wars is that animated thing that wasn't really that important. It's super important. Yeah, it's everything right now. <laughs> and and if now we're going to have Filoni not only continuing with the shows, but maybe doing movies, actual theatrical things that I think, I think the movies is where we're going to get everything mm, tied in right. together. That's when you're going to probably get all of these characters acting together and stuff like that because even again at the same time don't forget in the timeline here because this is pre-sequels mm -hmm. so Han Solo is still out there Lando Calrissian is still out there Chewbacca is still out there Mandalorian is out there you know what I mean like uh, Grogu's out there like all of these characters are out there Cad Bane is out there there's all there's so many characters now that they can put into this mm -hmm. to take these stories and these new directions. It's really freaking exciting. Mm -hmm. I think it's really exciting. And I haven't been this excited for Star Wars probably at least since they first announced Mandalorian and probably since even like when they first announced and came out with like The Force Awakens and stuff. That was probably the last time I was like this excited. And even then with Force Awakens, I was like, oh, I'm a little tentative about what they're <laughs> going to do with this. I liked Force Awakens quite a bit. But like this, uh, just everything they're doing, Filoni, and I am loving Ahsoka. I am loving this series. I'm like, this is what I want from Star Wars. I have my little complaints about nitpicky things like I was saying about Sabine and blah, blah, blah. But really, that's just... That's just being nitpicky. That's just geeky nitpicking. I yeah. do want to say, when Ahsoka arrived... Yeah. And they came out of the minefield, and those ships started coming out of the circle of... Yeah. ...guy, that the music that played... Right. That was, that was Star Wars. Right. I, I was in it. Yeah. That yeah. was old Star Wars. That was awesome. Yeah, I agree. The music is so important, man. And I and I then I generally I like the music, especially for Ahsoka. The music in Ahsoka has been really good. Mm -hmm. You know, I like music in the other series too, but they kind of have their own character to it. This one, like I said, this is feeling more like epic Star Wars. 
and the the look of it the feel the pacing of it the music it's all coming together and then with all these characters possibly being there to for Filoni to play with you know what I mean <laughs> like he's got all his action figures there man like they're all there just about mm-hmm. that that's super cool you know you've got because you've even got old characters like a uh, like Anakin Skywalker and stuff that he can do things with now because of world between worlds and all that kind of stuff like he's got it all there to play with it's like oh man that's really exciting Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to see where it goes and we've got one more episode that we will be back with next week it'll be the last one last one so uh yeah looking forward to that and again thanks everybody for listening to us let us know your thoughts on all the topics we brought up here and uh yeah we'll see you soon bye guys take care don't forget to subscribe and like all that stuff. Yes. We'll see you soon.